Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 528. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the last week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out July 19th, 2023. Then we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for us to take a look back at some of the comic books that we read in June of 2023. I don't list them at the front anymore, guys. You got to stay tuned. Or you can just check the show notes. I was going to say, read the show notes. Put them in there. But I will not say them. Uh, but as we start every show with an intro, we follow that up with a beer. And Paul, what are you drinking? Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, I'm drinking the Captain Lawrence Summer Anthem. This is a dry hopped Kolsch. It's supposed to be snappy, dry and crisp. It is crisp. Uh, I don't get a snappiness to it, but it's light. It's refreshing. Um, I do enjoy a Kolsch. I do like a fruited Kolsch, though. Um, this is 5.5 alcohol, uh, 5.5 ABV. Uh, yeah, but this is nice. It's uh, It's got a good amount of flavor to it. Sorry, I needed to top back off because I'm like, what kind of flavors are there? Eh, just light, refreshing flavor, you know? Got that uh, kind of little hoppiness on the back end, a little bittering uh, after bite, but... Um, all, all in all, very enjoyable. And you guys were saying that you guys were picking up like loggers and uh, pilsners. I'm like, well, don't I find those very hit or miss, but usually Kolsch's come through for me. So, mm. or maybe I'm just thinking of the one Kolsch, the Genesee uh, grapefruit Kolsch, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, uh, John, also, do you have it's a, a it's a good beer? I do have It's a Good Beer. Uh, from Lawson's Finest Liquids, I have their Scragarita. This is the beer I've had before when this was just Scrag Mountain Pilsner with lime and sea salt. But it's been rebranded Scragarita. Mm. Uh, so this is their Pilsner with it's lime and sea salt. terrible name. Just saying, uh, sorry. Like that. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but but say, say Scragarita. It uh, sounds like. John, there's two things I won't do. I will not say the books that we're going to be talking about in the main topic, and I will not say the name of that beer. Say say what? You know. Uh, I'll say it. It's Gregorita. She's the homeless woman that lives down the street. She's very straggly. I think her name's Rita, so we just call her Gregorita. It's kind of mean. We should probably do something to help her, but, you know. I mean, Paul always comes out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but this is, a, this is a good beer. I like, uh, I, I like it. It's nice. You get a good hint. You get a good hint of lime. You get a good little kind of salty, not super salty, but it's a nice, refreshing beer. Uh, mine's quite refreshing too. This is pretty crushable, and uh, I'm on vacation this week, so for like the past like four or five days, um, we've we've spent a lot of time going to breweries. Uh, today, no exception, we went to Sideward Brewing here in Orlando. And I'm starting off with Sidewards Under the Whip. This is their Hell's Lager. And I had to get this one because, well, I wanted to get it, first of all. But also, it's got the Balrog from Lord of the Rings on it. And it's like a, like a foiling in the artwork on the can, so it just looks really cool. Uh, and the beer itself is really good, nice malty. I don't know what the ABV on this. 
uh, but it seems super light, super crushable. Perfect for these oppressively hot Orlando summer days where by the time you step outside in the morning, it's already like 90 degrees. Um, we bought a bunch of plants today and like, we were repotting stuff on the patio and we were maybe only out there for like 15 or 20 minutes and I was literally dripping sweat. It was disgusting. So coming into the AC and uh, a nice lager, it's fantastic. Nice. nice. It is nice. And you know what else is nice? Uh, our our movie picks for the great the movie. news. Great <laughs> the news. But yeah, um, we'll always start this off now since we're in summer movie time for the summer movie blockbuster bracket buster. Because last week, uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One came out. And Paul was telling us before we actually started recording that he went to see it, but maybe not enough people went to go see it with you, Paul. It also opened on like a Wednesday was the early opening for a Thursday release of a non-holiday weekend. So it was very weird. Like there were actually showtimes, I think, starting on Tuesday for this movie. It was because movies are back. Tom Cruise loves them. He He does love them. And he did them all up. Give me that blue beetle. Yum, 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 yum. (laughs) Give me the flash. Yum, 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 yum. I love movies. Uh, But Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, opening weekend, $54.6 million, which, you know, isn't terrible, but it's not enough to beat Super Mario Brothers with its $146.3 million. And I do have to say, John, Paul, you both picked Mission Impossible to beat it. But this guy here, and I'm pointing to myself, I pick Super Mario. So you know what I say? Let's go, because I'm moving ahead in that round. Nice. Yeah. You know what? Domestic opening for Mission Apollo. Uh, I'm looking at Fallout's numbers. It only it opened with a 61.2. So it's not off all, all that much. Maybe a little drop off, but yeah. Man. And uh, I was hoping for that big uh, Maverick bump. Like people loved going, you know, going to the movie theaters to see Top Gun Maverick. So I'm hope I was hoping that this would have just like followed that same cycle where people would have been like, you know what, I'm ready, let's go see. Tom Cruise told me movies are back. So, yeah. but I think also Top Gun Maverick had the fact that it was like a sequel to a movie that came out like 1985, yes. whenever it was. Yeah. Um, so you know that anticipation and then just. The hype, like it's hey, cool yeah. planes. There's We've not been much getting a mission, an for... Mission Impossible movie, like every two <clears throat> two years now. So, no. I think too, Maverick opened up and it was a strong, it was a strong weekend. But then it had the word of mouth and kept building, mm-hmm. and that's probably what we'll see with this. Is this will be one of those movies that'll keep building. I'm hoping so. I've seen it. Uh, I don't. I th- would put it as like maybe my fourth or fifth favorite of the Mission Impossible movies right now. It's not bad. It's a fun Mission Impossible movie. It just there were things with it that made seem to like drag a little bit. Like they tried to, which is weird for almost a three-hour movie. <laughs> like they they were still putting in too much. Well, also to put it into perspective too. Fast X 
opened with $67 million. So maybe just some of these long-running action franchises, maybe they're starting to, like, to peter out. I mean, again... That actually we, makes me sad that it made less money than Fast X. People took their families to see Fast X. <laughs> yes. Paul took his family to see Mission Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Uh, this protocol gonna... only opened up with $12 million, 12.7. It was a it's, December release. As well. It sounded like he was doing a voice, but it's just because his internet slowed down. <laughs> it sounded like drunk Paul is coming up. <laughs> um, sorry, bud. Um, <laughs> sorry. Chris did a double It'll take be... and laughed at you. So I, just, I didn't know if it was just, be... like, on I'm my I'm in the edit. But I, when I saw you... <laughs> look back i was like okay you heard it too um i think this is going to be a deciding week too because this weekend we have both oppenheimer and barbie opening up and that's that's what's going to be getting people back to the movies we're already locked in to go see barbie friday night so i have to go buy a pink shirt so i'll probably yeah. grab that tomorrow you know what yeah. tom cruise okay. said it's in the air he said movies are back. Yum, 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 he yum, yum. He said movies are back, and he should go see Oppenheimer on Friday afternoon. And then immediately then go right into seeing Barbie. Because you're going to need that little bit of an uplift. And they're both fantastic movies, because movies are back. They're back. I love movies. I have a, a buddy at work who's doing the double feature in one day. He's seeing both of them. Just like Tom Cruise suggested. You yeah. know, good man. There's not all advice you should take from Don Cruz, but maybe I did that once, double back to back. I can't do it again. I just just can't. I just don't like being in theater that long. Chris and I went and saw the first showing of the Incredible Hulk. No, just the Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. And then later went and saw it with Paul, Paul's dad, and my dad. Hmm. That's true. Uh, when it comes to the features like that, I saw the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy Tuesday, where they did the extended return of call, extended Lord of the Rings, extended uh, Two Towers, and then just the debut of Return of the King. So that was a long nice. day in the movie theater. I remember yeah, you did that, and I was jealous. Me and my my mom was like the one that was like, "Hey, we're gonna do this," and bought the tickets. So. So it was a good experience. Like, nice. It was a lot of fun, especially at the end of Return of the King. Everybody was definitely a little bit punchy from being stuck in the theater mm-hmm. for like 13 hours. Uh, you could tell people were getting a little bit loopy because the uh-huh. like the one. Uh, the one ending where, out of the seven. Hmm? Okay. Yeah, the, like, the one ending. Out I think of it was the seven? like the third ending uh, where everyone's walking into Frodo's room when he's in the houses of healing. Uh-huh. And it's like uh-huh. lens flare, slow motion. People were just like going bananas for it. Like, I feel like there might've been like a, a gas leak in the theater because <laughs> just the sounds people were making during that. Never heard a movie theater before. I just saw a feature experience. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Chris or Paul. Uh, Who was is? going to see on my birthday, Captain Marvel and then Avengers Endgame with, because uh i was like well she doesn't have she'll need to see captain marvel before we see endgame or yeah endgame um because you know she won't have any kind of like bearing of who this character is yeah 
and I would not do that again because uh, that movie ends with such a like light bah, bah, you know I'm awesome everything's great and then you go into Endgame and everything's like everybody's upset everybody's dead so sad it, it was just a whiplash and I'm like you know what that was silly I would never watch Captain Marvel right before watching Endgame again and Paul's like movies are movies are done they'll never movies be done. Back. I told that's what I said back in 2019. We were and doing then, our list for picking movies for 2020. I'm like, guys, movies are done. They're like, done. No more movies coming out. And then that's what happened. Yeah. So one time in my life that I made a prediction that came true. Uh, on, on that note, John just got up. I don't want to dwell too long on it, but um, we didn't talk about it last week. But the Screen Actors Guild strike just happened so in addition to the writers guild being on strike screen actors guild also on strike now so movies are not back yeah movies are done no more it's movies over there. yeah but but everybody's you know like uh hey ca caos or caos <laughs> people in CEOs? charge ceos sorry thank you. oh those cows chief chief, uh, chief agricultural uh, officers officer. uh no, all those guys uh hey y'all suck but shoot, I think everybody deserves to be paid a fair wage for whatever job they're doing, whether it's writing, acting. But you know what? Good on them. And like, just like a random, I don't want to say consequence because this makes it sound like what they're asking for is bad. But, you know, in the wake of this, uh, we didn't really talk about it, but San Diego Comic-Con this year, back to being a comic book convention because <laughs> nobody can bring anybody out to talk about movies because they don't know if the movie is going to be made, when it's going to be finished, or when they'll uh, be able to debut it. So, man, well, also, also part of Comic-Con, now's the time because tickets are probably going to be cheap this year. Part of the strike, uh, the Guild Actors strike, too, yeah, they, is they're not, they're not allowed to talk about or promote any features. No. Yeah, so they can say general things like, hey, I, I know the strike's going on, but if it, it's okay to go and support movies right now, to go out <clears> to the theater to see movies. But you can't go say, hey, go out and see Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, the cast of Oppenheimer left the premiere. Yeah, they walked off the red carpet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like the well, night they, Because they can't promote it. Like, they can't, so... Yeah, because they had the premiere the night before, and that's when everything was coming out. It's like, okay, like, tomorrow we're we'll going on strike, and at that point, like, Killian Murphy, and I don't remember who the other actor was, were like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, they, they bounced. Plus, Killian Murphy was planning on birth- bouncing that moment anyways. <laughs> Just gave him an excuse. Yeah. He's always, always looking for a way out. But you know what? Hey, this is fine. I think, uh... All these companies, streaming platforms, all that need to take a look at what they're doing and focus you know, on that quality. And you're only going to get that quality by paying your people what they you need. Know what really, you know what really stinks is I've read at least two articles now, like or you know skimmed through two articles because I don't. Ooh, read Mr. Fancy, I read. Yeah, I, 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 I walked it back. I walked it back. <laughs> <laughs> two, two articles being like, well, now that all this is coming up and people, you know, uh, workers are going to be paid more, that's going to be mean less profits for the companies. And that means less uh, revenue and overall um, stock prices will go down. So your 401k is going to be impacted. So people thinking that they're going to be able to retire 
going to have as much money when they go to retire. And I'm like, you know what? Screw you. (laughs) Yeah, make less movies, make better movies. Then movies will really be back. Yeah, and I mean, like, even the writers, they're not asking for that much. It's like 1% of what their profits are. It's like $37 or $17 million, something. It's not even that much. Well, did you hear, did you, uh, hear about, you know how uh, uh, streaming platforms, like, you get three seasons and then it's basically over? Like, and it was weird, like, oh, yeah, you get three seasons. And the studios are like, oh, yeah, we just see a drop off in people watching after the third season you know people don't want to want to watch they want something new at that point they don't want to watch this fourth season of anything and then you see that the actual deal that they made back the last writer strike deal was that oh yeah well you know we we want to make sure that people that break hits that go a long time get rewarded for it so you get like a hundred thousand dollars if you for the first season and hundred and fifty thousand for two season two and then two hundred thousand for season three, but then if it goes to season four, you get like five hundred thousand. Like the jump from the price from the amount they paid as the uh, writer went from like you know one up like two to three times. It was crazy, and I'm like, oh, that's why everything gets canceled after season three. Makes sense. Just made me feel icky. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> did a shower. I just took one. <laughs> what was, what's uh, what's next on our list news? Uh, the news that broke last week, but we didn't talk about it on the show because this is a John baby. Uh, we got let's talk about some movies that who knows when they'll be coming out. Um, <laughs> Superman Legacy casting. So John, if you want to take over on this, uh, I don't know if you have everything I, readily available. I don't have it opened up. Wait, is this enough? Are we going to the section of the who day garden part of the garden? Who dat? Who da- who dat? Uh, yeah, so we have, um, uh, previously on the last real episode, so 527, we had talked about the casting for both Superman and Lois, and it seems like uh, they are really rounding out the cast for this one. Um, uh, yeah, so you're having Anthony uh, Kerrigan, um, who, Paul, you might know from the show Barry. Uh, he nope. also played, he played uh, Victor Zaz on Gotham. Yeah. Um, he's going to be Metamorpho. Mm. And then you have... Uh, I know Isab- Metamorpho. Isabella Mercid, uh, who will be playing uh, Hawkgirl. Uh, Edai Gateri, uh, who will be Mr. Terrific. And the one and only Nathan Fillion, who will be playing Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. And um, uh, James Gunn did come out to say, uh, I love torturing Nathan Fillion. So putting him in a bowl cut was going to be my favorite thing (laughs) I've ever done. Uh, And one of the other things that James Gunn did say, too, is just to keep things clear, concise. From now on, if you do see Guy Gardner appearing in something, it's going to be Nathan Fillion. So the guy that they had cast as Guy Gardner from the Green Lantern show, I don't remember his name, but he was... um, on American Horror Story. That, yeah. That, um, uh, I guess no longer be Guy Gardner if we do get that Green Lantern show. And well, I think someone, they were retooling that Green Lantern show to be uh, more John Stewart based. I think it, it, 
if we even get it now, which I don't yeah. think. Oh, I would still like to see uh, Kyle and John. Kyle. Yeah, I mean, Green Lantern Corps was one of my favorite like takes on those characters, and they were both in that. Uh, someone did tweet at uh, James Gunn to be like, hey, don't you think you're overdoing it too much? Like, all these superheroes, you know, in one movie. And he defended it by saying they're to Superman as Lois and Jimmy Olsen are to Clark Kent. Like, they're a part of his life. Like, people don't have a problem with them being in every single thing. Like, this is just another extended family for him. And I think that was kind of, like, a good way to go about it because we don't know how much, like, this isn't going to be, like, a Justice League type movie. It could just be in the background you see, like, oh, Lost Adventure Rex Mason found and, like, the guy's, like, on a newsreel. We we don't know yeah. the depth Or it of could just this. be, like... Oh, remember that time Superman Clark? Don't you remember the time Superman saved the city with Green Lantern? And it shows them. No. Yeah. We don't know if this is pre-punch or post-punch, Guy Gardner. Oh, I'm hoping it's pre-punch. <laughs> yeah, all these actors look fantastic, and I could see them filling these roles. I mean, you know, movies are back. I think. I mean, they'll they'll be back. They they hung up a sign Maybe. on the door that said "Be right back." Five minutes. <laughs> guys, it's been over seventy a, days of the strike so far. So, you guys got another beer that you're ready to get into? Yeah, I am. Paul, Paul, I, I'm crashing. Paul, up. Paul, uh, John, what beer do you have? What do you John, think, Chris is drinking? Paul, Chris, what know. are you drinking? What, Chris would have to tell me. I will tell you. Uh, I have another lager from Cider Brewing, and this is their brain splinter. And this is a wine barrel-aged dry-hopped oat lager. And this was done in collaboration with Cerebral Brewing. And this is really nice. Like, I was expecting a lot more of, like, a wine pop-on. It doesn't say what wine barrels it was aged in. So I was expecting more of, like, a like a dark stone fruit to this. But it just kind of more has, like, that wine like tan and like dryness to it um some of that also could be just from like the the oats that it's malted with but this is also really good this feels a little bit more full than the under the whip the, the hell's lager that i had but again also great beer for a hot hot day in orlando mm, sounds nice and it's like I, I think it like the the wine barrels eight like just giving a nice little like like a tannin woodiness, like there's not like a lot of sweet, which is actually what I was expecting to get from this. Because the other day when we went to Deadwards Brewing, Yanni got a, it's like a Belgian, was it a Belgian quad? Or was it a Saison that was aged in like Pinot Noir barrels? And that's like absolutely fantastic. But it's also 11% ABV. Like that was, yeah, that was a big boy. This I'm assuming is probably no more than like five, but it also doesn't have it on there. So. Who knows? I could check. I'm not going to. Paul, what do you think John's drinking? I think John's drinking a beer. But what I'm drinking is uh, from... That's right. I am drinking a beer. (laughs) (laughs) What is that beer? What is that beer, John? No, Paul, go ahead. What's your beer, bud? No, I I was... Uh, This is a brewery that I haven't seen before. This is Montauk Brewing Company. It's out of uh, New York. It was 
established back in 2012, mm. apparently. For, that's what the can says. And I'm drinking their watermelon session ale, 4.9% uh, alcohol by value. Skirting the line for me for as a session ale. Because I'm, I'm like, that's a little high ABV. What is, what, but, what is uh, it? Mon no, what's Hawk? the ABV? Watermelon, 4.9. Right there. So it's under right five. There. It's under five. I, I, and, I like my and five and a lower. Half, five and a half is the top, like the tops for a session. I don't for, but I like my sessions to be like four, four and a half. What's your favorite session? We've had this discussion before. I know we have this. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you were like, uh, "Too high." Mm -hmm. Your favorite beer, your favorite session IPA. Oh, these kids with their high ABV session. <laughs> <laughs> it has been for years. They gotta calm down has been all day and then okay. all of a sudden the last time we drank it you're like yeah, this is too high abv <laughs> so go ahead this is a this is a watermelon session ale and it skirts the line it pushes the envelope towards being a jolly rancher watermelon but it doesn't deliver the overly sweetness it's not like sweet but it's that artificial it skirts that line of being like artificial watermelon I, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. But I was thinking I was going to get like um, what was it from First Amendment? What Amendment? Twenty First Amendment. Twenty First Amendment makes sense. Uh, hell are high waters. High hell are high watermelons. Yeah, what was it called? Hell are high watermelon. That was really good, and that was like definitely a water real, real natural watermelon flavor. This. Is there, but then the aftertaste and thing kind of carries over to that artificial. It's enjoyable. It's six pack for like thirteen bucks, right? Somewhere about there. Twelve ounce cans. I can see myself enjoying it, like as a summertime drink, like bringing it over for a pool party or something. It's a pool. It's pool party worthy. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking, drinking from Sloop. Sloop Brewing, their Das Jägermeister beer. This is a hazy IPA with orange zest and ginger and other botanicals found in Jägermeister's unique blend. Um, and this also, did I say it has ginger? I did. And uh, this is actually really good. Coming in at 6.5%, the orange zest really gives it a nice orangey. And on your palate, after you've taken that drink, you kind of get those botanical flavors to it. And it kind of gives you the feel of an aftertaste of Jaeger. So I think but John, also drink, it's been drink, a long time since I've had Jaeger. <laughs> I think you need to do some science because you drink this and then you go get a bottle of Jaeger and then you get your uh, polar orange dry. Ooh, mix those. I was going to say, Sue, Sue's hoarding them, so I know you got them. Mm. <laughs> it could be good. Yeah. We, we talked about it before you jumped on. Um, Jaeger's something that I really liked, but I never drink it or buy it or have it anywhere because I don't I don't go anywhere and just be like, yeah, give me a shot of Jaeger anymore because I'm not in my 20s. But I, now I like talking about it, I'm like, man, I should, I should drink Jaeger. It's, it's really good. I always like Jaeger and Dr. Pepper. I, I said that when we were talking, because I was like, what do I always used to drink, mix it with? And I was like, was it Dr. Pepper or root beer? Because I could see both of those being mm -hmm. good. 
Ooh, yeah. the Dr. Pepper cream soda. Ooh. I like that one. That never was in doubt never back had in my it. 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Give me more Jaeger. It's medicinal. These young people with their high BPI session ales and their cream soda everythings. They need to calm down. Brain Splinter is a 4.7. So is that high for you? No, no, that's that's that sounds like a session to me. That's right there. That's in the that's in the realm. So my Pilsner was a 4.8. Is that? Yeah, that seems. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's sessionable. It's sessionable. In In the words of Paul's favorite, Tay Tay. You need to calm down. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> but don't calm down when you go to the comic book store this week. Today, July 19th, because, yeah. baby, comic books are back. They're back, baby. Yeah, we're, we're in the dawn of DC, bud, buddy. Even we though we're also the in the nightmare zone or whatever it's called. The, uh, the night terrors, which I feel like you have to say, like you're in like an '80s like thrash metal band. You gotta be like night terrors, night terrors. I bought three of the night terrors books last week, so I, I'm. Did, did did you enjoy any of them? Um, actually, I I did. Um, not to derail too much, um, because I picked up the night terrors first blood, night terrors number one, and then. Because I was on the fence about grabbing those to begin with, but then when we went, Yanni picked up the Night Terror Zatanna book. And at that point, I was like, well, this is like a spinoff from something, so like we'll just get those. Um, I don't mind it. And the Zatanna book was kind of cool. Like, it's Zatanna is it like and... the setting of what, you, what the character is? Is it stripping the character down to its core again? Is And we're seeing like what they don't want to have, have happen, and that's what's going to drive them moving forward? Like, what's what's the point? Uh, or is the, it just random nightmare scenarios? It seems random nightmare scenarios, so I don't think any of these are must-reads. But I I did enjoy the horror aspects of the main series enough, and the Zatanna book was pretty cool because it was um, Zatanna and Robot from the Doom Patrol mm-hmm. trying to uh, escape like the I can't remember like the villain's name. It's like the uh, like the Nightmare Queen, uh, in a maze beneath the Justice League Dark's headquarters. Which is kind of fun, because she speaks backwards, like, I need a champion, because, like, she needs backup. And basically, like, all the other superheroes are are zonked out, so the only person that's there is, like, Robot. And she's like, oh, shit, it's one of the Doom Patrol guys. Like, nobody likes them. <laughs> but it's, it was actually a fun read. Like, if Yanni wanted to pick up Zatanna Night Terror's number two, I'd be like, okay, I, I'll read this. Nice. But yeah, so, sorry. No, go Pause. ahead. Pause the question. Paul, what uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm uh, picking up a book uh, that Chris is also picking up. I'm picking this up because it's part of the Dawn of DC, and this is Hawk Girl, number one of six. So I know that I'm in it for a limited time. I'll see how it goes. It's a writer that I haven't read before. Uh, Jad Zia, Jad Zia, Excellent. See, I'm reading it like Deep Space Nine, Jad Zia, like Jad Zia Dax. Oh, see, I was putting the, you know, separating two consonants next to each other, so trying to create, you know, syllables out of each one. Uh, and Amansi Ne Napoleon. Ne- ne- I was, I was sorry, I was just looking at her. 
Yeah. I'm on C, yeah. I'm on uh, K, Napoleon, yeah. Napoleon pen? So, uh, yeah, both uh, creators that I'm not familiar with, but the cover art is done by the same person doing the interiors, and the cover art looks like good comic booking. It, it looks like, like very dynamic. Hawkgirl. Like, the last yeah. time I read Hawk, well, a Hawk book was when Jeff Johns was doing Hawkman with Rags Morales. And, you know, that looks looks like a kind of Rags Morales-y type style. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not on for it. A metal wing, so. Not, uh, so we're getting back to that being like, hey, this is like part of the armor they wear, not, you know, part of their physiology, it kind of seems like. So. Which, All right, we'll I, see I'm, what it is. Well, I do uh, I don't remember. As long as they don't tell like... me the. Go ahead. Oh, as long as they don't tell me nth metal is the reason that all metahumans happen because meta was short for metal. Because that was stupid. I didn't read that series. If it comes out of Night Terrors, though, I'll let you know. <laughs> you know I, I just don't remember or know enough about like the Hawk mythos to tell you what the difference is between. Kendra Saunders and any of the other hot girls. Mm-hmm. Which is this one the same one like Shaira Sh- Sh- Hall? I think that's Shaira. But I don't know. I don't no, know, man. Don't. But you know what? It's the number one, so I don't need to know. You know. And if I don't the, know by issue the, six, then I don't ever need to go back to it because it'll. Yeah, be- but you won't know because you read issue one and then issue six. Yeah. Well, that's where it gets good. That's where it gets good. And that's where they end it. Who hasn't talked about a book yet? I haven't talked about a book yet. And I'm going to be picking up Blade Number 1. This is written by Brian Hill. uh, Art by Elena Casagrande. And um, when Blade unknowingly unleashes uh, an ancient evil power... The entire supernatural underworld comes out of hiding and demands that he handles it or pays a pound of flesh for his mistake. Um, This looks really fun. There is an amazing cover by Frank Miller for it. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, um, I I do enjoy some Blade uh, in small doses, and this might be fun, the fact that he made a oopsie. And uh, and has to pay for it. But I I'm kind of hoping that it's kind of like Blade Greatest Hits with all the supernatural underworld of Marvel and keep having to bounce around with them. Uh, I'm hoping that whatever he unleashes isn't a vampire. He's just like, nope, not my problem. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like the rest of the book is just like blank pages because like he just like he just walks off into like the fog in an alley and like that that's it like. It won't be. And if I bought that book, I would be upset. But as someone pitching it, I think it's a great idea. Marvel, <laughs> make it happen. <clears throat> and now... I, Chris hasn't gone with this book I, yet. I, I have to talk about a book, too. I thought you went first. I was talking no, no, about he talked about Night Terrors, but not... Paul was talking about DC. Uh, he just bullshits all the time. Dude. And now you have to hear more of it, because uh, while, yes, I am buying Hot Girl number one, I'm also going to be picking up the Tales of the Titans. And this is a four-issue miniseries coming out from DC that's telling kind of like updated 
stories of the 1980s Teen Titans. This first one is actually going to be focusing on Starfire, and each book is going to be written and drawn by a different creative team. This one being written by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale, with art by Javier Rodriguez. And it's just, you know, a standalone story about Starfire, a.k.a. Coriander from the planet Tamarin. Um, DC is really trying to sell us a lot of Titans right now. We got the Titans book coming out. Really enjoyed the first two issues of it. Last week, we had the world's finest Teen Titans come out. Really enjoyed that. Mark Wade knows how to write write a comic. Be talking about him in like 10 minutes. Um, the Titans are back, baby. That's all I got to say. Because with Titans, world's finest Teen Titans, and now we got like the Tales of the Titans. Like DC is really bucking down on the, like focusing on that. Not necessarily next generation of heroes but bringing forward other heroes to the limelight kind of in the wake of the justice league so i'm i'm here for it i have 40 pages for 4.99 too so it's longer than your standard comic book but it's still priced at that dc price point because 4.99 is not terrible and it feels weird to say because they used to draw the line at 2.99 but you know what if i'm paying uh 4.99 for pretty much every other book that i'm buying i might as well get some more pages for it now, John. Paul, oh, you're reading this, right? Yep. You know that? I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked that up now. Because I'm like, who's that for? And I looked at the doc. <laughs> and now, a dramatic reading from Night Force, number one, page 21, panel three. Mrs. Green? It's Steve Cumming, Cousins. I found him. He's in the town car. Looks like he's bad headache thanks steve get him cleaned up i'll delay thanks here as long as i can <laughs> is that a robot it's it's through the phone <laughs> tell me mrs green is it a robot 100 percent sure are you 100% sure? Yeah. Mrs. Green, you know is it a robot, this is, Tom? This is, this is Night Force. <laughs> she could totally be a robot. <laughs> could be. It could be. That was Night Force <laughs> number one. Uh, page page 21, panel three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. You missed... I missed it. I went up to... <laughs> I got up to go to the bathroom and get another beer. Not my next beer, because it's just another uh, Brain Splinters. And I came back, and John's dying, so I cannot wait to hear this one uh, in the edit tomorrow. Choices were made for the voices. Choices were made. And I asked, uh, is, it a, is she a robot? And Paul said, she's coming out of a phone. Like, that made an excuse. Oh, be, tell me the script where it tells me she is not a robot. Paul, you made me laugh so hard my temples are sweaty. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that one. That really got me. Oh, I didn't know that was the thing that could happen. I didn't either till it happened. But boys, it's time to head into the main topic. Oh man, three books. Three books. So, so right. Three three books enter. One book leaves. No, they'll all leave. Um, time for the monthly look back, guys. Talk about it every single month. These are some of the comic books 
they might be new number ones, they might be new story arcs in ongoing books. But, you know, we each bring a book to the table and we subject everyone to reading it. Um, guys, I, I'm happy with this week's or this month's polls. I, I think I actually, like spoilers, I enjoyed all of these books. Um, I, I don't know where you guys want to start. I, uh, I got I them all available. I would like to say I agree. Uh, I enjoyed all of these books. And why don't we start with the one that had the biggest holy shit, this is weird moment with Chris's. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Void, I, I void save, Rivals. I want to I want to save save this and like give the spoilers after we talk about it for a little bit, because um, this is going to be Void Void Rivals. This is being written by Robert Kirkman, who you may know from books like Invincible or The Walking Dead, uh, with art by Lorenzo De Felici. And this is coming up from Images Skybound imprint, which are the books that um, I guess Robert Kirkman kind of like hand selects and hand picks. Uh, like this is his personally catered like comic book imprint. Uh, and Void Rivals, it opens up on a desolate planet with two robot-looking aliens mm-hmm. crash-landing. These aliens, their races are at constant war with each other, but they're both stuck on this planet. And they're breaking laws just by talking to each other. But the only way that they're going to be able to get off this planet is to help one another. And this is a book that was actually pulled for me by my comic book store. I did not have this added to my pull list. Like, I didn't see this and be like, oh, new Robert Kirkman book. Let me pick that up. They literally pulled this book for every single person on their subscriber list. And if you didn't want it, you didn't have to get it. But when they handed me my my stack for that week, they're like, oh, yeah, we pulled this for everybody. Um, it's a new shared universe from Robert Kirkman. And I just looked at the cover and I was like, okay, like, Trusted name in comics. I like a lot of the stuff he's done. Yeah, I'll I'll read this. I mean, Robert Kirkman won me over with um, Battle Pope. What? Yes, but uh, <laughs> more recently with um, Fit, uh, Fire Fist. What was the book? Oh, uh, Firepower. Oh, Firepower. Firepower. That I was like Kirkman's back, Sommet. baby. Nick Rossomni. Uh, and I to get. To not know about a comic book, just not have it forced upon you, but just be like, oh, here, read this one. Uh, and to have it be something that's, like, so strong, I was like, wow, like, I'm I'm digging this book as I'm going through it. And it was really kind of smacking of saga to me, where it's, like, sci-fi, like, people stuck together, warring factions. They got to find a way to live together, like, with whatever life's going to throw at them. And I was was really enjoying it. Um, It reminded me a lot. I don't know enough about the characters because they're nameless and faceless until they both decide to take their masks off. And they're like, oh, you look just like me. Uh, This reminded me a lot of the uh, the 80s movie Enemy Mine. I was going to say that. But I couldn't remember if they were at war or not. They were. Because that's why they crash land and they hate each other. And then these two pilots, one alien race, one a human, mm-hmm. um, have to live together 
and make it work because they're trapped on this island. And then the one gives birth, who you think is a, a man, who was, gives birth and then dies. And he has to raise this child and then he has to protect and save the child from the, the environment there. But it did give me big enemy mine vibes right away. And enemy mines was a movie I really liked when I was younger. And now, I, like, never heard after that, reading, sounds good. Ever, ever reading this, I was like, I'd really like to go back and watch that because it's um, Dennis Quaid and Cuba Gooding, Ju- uh, not Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, oh, Amy Davis Jr. No, I can't think of his name. Metal, right? I don't know. I don't know who this but is going to be now. I always get confused with that alien being and the alien from uh, the last Starfighter. They do look a lot alike. I'm like, they're the same guy, right? Mm. Like it's like. When I first watched it as a kid, I thought I was watching Last Starfighter, and then all of a sudden it was this thing with it. It was a shipwreck kind of situation. Lewis Gossip. And I think I only watched. Oh, okay. I think I've only seen parts of it, but I kind of like it stuck with me for whatever reason. Like it's like one of those Saturday morning uh, movies that was on like Fox Twenty Nine. That yeah, stuck was, with me for a while. It's an enemy of mine. Uh, so, yeah. Paul, your, your thoughts on Void Rivals? Uh, I and, was and losing If you want to give it away, that's, you, you can. I, was, I, I, I hand this to you. Um, because again, I was guys, losing interest in this uh, quite a bit. And then something happens. And I'm like, what? What's that? And then it stopped happening. And then it just went back to being it itself again. And I'm like, well, that was weird. And that's what's about it. So really? while these where these characters are crashed. Also, oh, one one other thing I did like. I liked how the mm. other one had like the um talking love slash powering slash uh more like the uh, the android. I which I thought was such a great name. Android. android. <laughs> uh but I was thinking of the uh helmet from mm. uh Novacore. Like where it's uh, like just constantly giving you rules and regulations and not being super helpful. I was thinking of the talking hand from Vampire Hunter D. Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool too. Uh, Yeah. But as these as these two pilots are there, they all right to get off of here. We need to put we'll take this out of my ship to your ship to this to this to this, and then it's like, hey, are you using this type of a cord? No, you can't do that. And it explodes, and they're hopeless again. And then they find another wrecked spaceship where they go, and they jumpstart it, and it turns into a fucking Transformer. <laughs> and he's like, hey. I, I, so when that happened, because you get like a, almost like full-page reveal of like this like plane starship thing transforming into a robot. And I'm like, and it has oh, like effect. that's really cool. And I'm like... <laughs> That's cool. And then, like, on the next page, like, he references Cybertron. I'm like, oh, like, they're not just being like, oh, it's a (laughs) robot. Like, it's, no, like, this is legit Transformers. And at at that moment, like, I was enjoying, like, the interplay just between these two characters. But it's at that point that I was like, I think I love this book. And that's when I actually, like, got, like, a big smile on my face. And that's when I put it on the list. To make you guys read it for the show, because I'm like, it, this is wild. Like, this is. Yeah. How often do you get blindsided by a comic book where it's not just like, oh, 
can't believe they killed John Constantine. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, Transformers was, showing up out of the blue to be like, wait, when is it? <laughs> I gotta the best, go. I'm the like, best part too is like he just he flies off and they're still stuck there. Yep, that's jet fire for you. Hmm. Yeah. Paul, you did not like this then. No, it wasn't bad. It was just like, okay, that happened. But I don't. But other than it being like a that happened moment, it doesn't help the the, the two characters at all. You know, it's like, hey, we had hope. It left, and then they're right where they started from. And I'm like, wait, am I supposed to care about the Transformer more or these two people more still? And then they take off the helmet, and he's like, I thought so. We're exactly the same. But at that point, I'm like, but what? (laughs) I was so taken out of their plight that it was hard for me to get back into it. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, here's a twist. And I'm like, no, that wasn't a twist. We just had that twist three pages ago. That was the twist. You should change the whole... This is no longer about them. This is like... How is this working with Transformers? Uh, what are they which, doing? How many years have the Transformers? Is Cybertron still a thing? Is it been exploded? Is Jetfire like going back to a just empty rubble? Like I, I think we'll find out when mind. we get Transformers number one in October of 2023. And I think because yes, my comic shop did not lie. This is the start of a shared universe, which is being called the Energon universe. Uh, we have Void Rivals, which is kind of like the launching point for this, but also there's going to be Transformers coming out, and then also a G.I. Joe book, um, which oh. they also tease two books, this uh, Duke number one and Cobra Commander number one. Uh, Duke coming out in December and Cobra Commander coming out in January, both being written by Joshua uh, Williamson, Transformers being written by Daniel Warren Johnson, who I don't know. I recognize the name, but I can't tell you from where. Um, the week after I read this, though, when I went into my comic shop, I was like, hey, add Void Rivals to my pull list. Because I think just with the actual writing of the characters, I'm surprised you didn't like it, Paul. Because like, it's... It was fine. It was just... but the, the, It's the an interstellar at war meet story. Yeah, and then... It's so interrupted. And then a Transformer, Transformer shows up. Like, this book's made for you. That all I care about is a Transformer now. Unfortunately, you know? It's 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 weird. Uh, it's it's weird. Um, I mean, you also didn't like Did you guys know so the post-credits? Have you, guys, have you guys seen or heard about the post-credits scene from the new Transformers movie, The Rise of the Beasts? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So do you think it's more kind of like a... also is a G.I. Yeah. Joe reference. Mm-hmm. So is it they're trying to create this shared universe to then... No, because G.I. Joe and Transformers, movies. they've had a ton of comic books previous to all of this with those okay. with those ha- those two in, in it together. I feel like Transformers will just cross over with anything. I'm looking yeah. at you, Back to the Future, Transformers crossover... That we read like four years ago. Didn't we read a Back to the or a Transformers yeah. um, Terminator? And uh, 
Maybe. I, I don't, think I don't remember that. Transformer Star Trek. But there was a Transformer Star Trek one for a while. There was one with, like, Ghostbusters, Transformers. It was, like, all the IDW licensed books. Like, Evil, uh, Evil Dead. They, they all crossed over as well, well I think. Yeah, Transformers versus Terminator. <laughs> I don't, maybe you just read that one on your own. I might I have bought it. Reading that. I, oh, man, I don't was that with IDW? Uh, that, Dark, that would be Dark the big Horse piece. IDW crossover. Okay, so Skybound now having the Transformers license is kind of a big deal. It's yeah, not with I Image. feel like Transformers and G.I. Joe just get passed around. Like, yeah. Tons yeah, of people had them for a while. I, know, uh, they, I mean, when they sign these deals, they're probably just doing short term. <clears throat> so if it doesn't work out and Mattel can't sell Transformers based off of it, they're probably just like, OK, cool. Like you got to do your publishing thing. Someone else will have the rights next year and they'll launch Transformers number one. Like I'm just shocked by the fact that I read a comic book and was like, man, I can't wait for Transformers now because I'm, I'm not that person like I. I like Transformers. I grew up with them. I thought they were cool. I've seen some of the movies. I can tell you which ones, but like, I'm, I was actually, you know, metaphorically floored by that reveal. And it, it brought me into this book in a way that I didn't think was going to be possible. Like that. I, I can't, I can't wait to read number two. It was almost my pick for the list for this week because it's coming out today when you hear this tomorrow as we record. It was it was on my <clears throat> it was on my list, too. Like I saw it and I was like, oh, I definitely feel I definitely want to pick this up. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Paul, you didn't enjoy it as much I, as Chris I, and I did. I didn't dislike it. And it Paul's was the just... person that was like flashing his Transformers as we're starting to talk about the book. It was like, surprise. Transformer, hey, Transformer, hey. And then it's like, it's here. He's gone. Transformers are like so close to Paul while he's recording. Like they're on his desk, I think. Yeah, Starscream is on my desk at all times. Except for my nephews come over and then they pick him up and like try to transform him. They still have a hard time. Some of them are a little tough. Because you, you do feel like you're breaking it most of the time yeah. when you're doing the transform. <clears throat> but Paul, I didn't have a hard time getting into your book. Ooh. And my book. Is that okay, John? Can we? Yeah, can go for it. Yeah. Uh, is The Flash 800, written by Cavalcade of uh, Flash writers, uh, starting with Jerry Adams, Jeff Johns, Mark Wade. Joshua Williamson and Simon Spurrier. And then we have art with uh, Fernando Parison and Oscar uh, oh, Claire uh, Albert, Scott Collins, Todd uh, Nook, uh, Carmine D. Uh, Gina Minico, and Mike Diodano Jr. Um, and yeah, we get uh, how many different stories in this? It's Five stories. Five stories. Wow. Five uh, pretty strong stories. Uh, I, I, uh, I messaged the group after reading the first one. I'm like, okay, this is like the exact. This this feels like something the, we'll the all Batman. enjoy. It's like yeah. the Batman animated they series. Get, like the almost I got him. I almost got him. Yeah. <clears throat> episode. 
Uh, and Don't Come to Central City is my favorite book or story out of this book. Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll talk about them as we go through. But yeah, this is uh, basically a group of thugs. I have no idea who these guys are. One looks like Ambush Bug, but it's definitely not an Ambush Bug. I don't know if they're even named, but they're yeah. all like they're hanging out in, I guess, Coast City or in uh, Central City. And they're thinking about pulling a caper there, but they all like are like, hey, we can't do this here. Well, no, they're sitting around. They're sitting around a table playing poker and they all have like heist bags full of money okay. sitting around them. And they're talking about where not to pull heists. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do it in Batman because Batman will drop you off a building. He'll break your bones and you'll be in traction forever. You don't want to do it in. You don't want to do it in Metropolis because you'll be pulling off a bank heist and a Superman's fighting a giant robot. It's going to fall on you and kill you. Don't, but the, the city the place, might be good. But the, the Green Lanterns are always out of town. And then they the, come up with a reason why you can't do it in Coast City. <laughs> but the place you don't want to do it is Central City because of the Flash. And then they all kind of tell their own little Flash stories. Uh, the Joker tried to pull something and he sends them off. Uh, this guy goes to rob a bank and the Flash drops him off in the middle of the desert. Um, I like the one where it's just like, oh, the Flash just made this guy feel bad for taking this kid's candy. <laughs> Oh yeah, he follows him to the end of time, takes the sucker back from the kid because he stole a sucker from candy from a kid uh-huh. and and leaves him there. And then the biggest thing is he's going to want to talk to you about your feelings and why you do this. He's going to care about you. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's a knock on the door and the guy said like, well, the oh, one guy's shoot. like, well, it's too late. I already stole all this money there. And everybody's like, what? Get out of here. Knock, knock, knock. And then it is, hey, guys, mind if we have a little chat? Because it's Wally West, because he's in that stupid costume with that. I don't mind that, that goes cost- across the nose. I don't mind that. Like, I think it's okay. I like the belt. I like, I I like want the, another the simple lightning bolt. See, I want one more. I want like, one more. Just like it zigs and zags, and that's I want, it. I need but another ba- zig. Barry's got the one that's like zigzaggy. So. I need two zigzags. Oh my gosh, you're such a you're such a whiner. No. <laughs> uh, the next one was actually my favorite though. Yeah, the uh, one with uh, uh, impulse with impulse Max. and Max Mercury. Uh, this the was Max a good in the one mirror, too. Uh, written by Mark Wade with art by Todd Knock. Uh, where <laughs> it's just Bart Allen being impulse while. Barry Allen, I can tell because he's got like the multiple zigzags, is trying to have him, and by him I mean Bart, help uh, get Max Mercury out of a mirror that he's trapped in. And this is such a Mark Wade story, and this is the kind of stuff that we're getting in things like World's Finest and uh, World's Finest, because Batman Superman and now Teen Titans were... It's just fun storytelling, and it's just Barry trying to tell Bart to do something else, and he ran away. Okay, he's he doesn't know what he's doing now, so we'll see what happens when he gets back. <laughs> like, uh, when he, he broke, comes, he comes he broke back with the, the broken gun. gun. He's like, uh, do you have glue? And he's like, go find 
hurry up, run to Metropolis, get steel. He's like, no, I got And he's already gone off to the public library to read all the books. And then he's like, how do I power this? And then Flash is like, that's what steel's for. Uh, I do like, because this is something that they've pulled on, like that thread before with Bart Allen, where, yes, Wally can read things fast, but like that information's gone. Bart actually retains it. Yeah. Well, that was always my favorite moment in, was it Jeff John's Teen Titans? Like, after he got his kneecap, he got kneecapped by Deathstroke, he goes and reads, like, every book there is and becomes, tries to become a better hero and a better yeah. better version of himself. And that's always stuck with me with, with Bart. Like, it was always that thing about impulse and why he became Kid Flash. And then when I was like, okay, let him step into that mantle of Flash. Um. I, I, I'm going through it again. This is just a lot of fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Where he takes out Beer Master and the bear is like, what did you do? He's like, oh, you didn't tell me he has to let you out. It's like, you didn't let me stop the finish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I really, really dug this one a lot. Because like, it's fun. Like, Yeah, th- those two were fun. This, this next one gets a little sappy. It's uh, Barry and Iris trying to go out on a date. And they basically use the cosmic treadmill to go into the future to see how everything's turning out and hijinks ensue. And then they come back uh, because they miss all the kids. And this is written by Joshua Williamson and art by Carmine Carmine D. Dale. Ah, why can't I? There's so many syllables and I get. I'm not up. on the. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Thank you. Jam, is that my... Is it, it must be Carmine Infantino, right? It's, and then it isn't. <laughs> I, I didn't mind this one. Um, it does sappy. get a little sappy. And it, it feels sappy kind of from the get-go when it's, you know, Barry going on a date with his his best gal. But then they're like, oh, well, no, this isn't fun with the family here. It's cute, though. Yeah. Uh, and then the next story is written by the man that made me fall in love with Wally West Flash and have him become my Flash. Uh, well, also, then, like, the art. As soon as I saw that page, I was like, oh, this is Scott Collins, right? Oh, and yeah. Then, and this is also, yeah, it's it's my Flash art. Um, yeah. But this is Blitzback uh, with Jeff Johns, Scott Collins, and this is Zolomon uh, running through being just a asshole (laughs) (laughs) through through time um but yeah this took that took me back to my my falling in love with flash and picking up um picking up the one issue because it was gorilla grad like parachuting on the cover and i was like oh this might be fun and then being like oh man this is great and I think passing the couple issues around to you guys and and then all of us just being like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. And I think, Chris, you started going back and you started reading the Wade stuff. Yeah, I, I bought a, a bunch of the trades to, like, to catch up. Yeah, and I just remember reading those and then reading The Flash. And I've bought the the um, the Jeff Johns, the both Omnibus on digital just to have them because I was like, oh, man. I can't wait for that moment where I can sit back and reread all of these again. And I sat down trying to read the first stories with 
Grayson to get him interested in the Flash. And those first couple stories are not very, not very good from Jeff Johns on the Flash. I okay, not very good, or is it kind of like obtuse storytelling? Because what I always liked about Jeff Johns is the fact that he he lets you know what happened before because he's going in like, okay, you're a comic book fan. I know you're a comic book fan. I am too. Let's let's tell a story. And like he draws off of a lot of those earlier threads and updates them and has them make sense. This was one. It was the first story in the omnibus of his, which was his first story is the flash ran so fast. He went to a parallel universe, but doesn't have the speed force there and is arrested. And the cops are real jerks to him. So I'm starting to read this to my kid and I was like, ah, I kind of want my son to think the cops are like, could help him like not be like jerks. Like I don't want to jade a, a four year old to what cops could be. They, he should look at them as like people who could help. Uh, I think that's a little great late for that. I saw him at the playground you know, with chalk and he was writing ACAB on all the playground. Equipment. He was drawing. He was drawing the cop from uh, Paw Patrol there, too, like the, the German shepherd. Yeah. Is his name Chase? Who even knows? Yes. It, 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 yes. It, it, is it, it is, really? It oh God! Well, God damn. Uh, okay. Well, maybe maybe instead of read him the Mark Wade stuff because Mark Wade I think has a very similar like style of storytelling where it's like, hey, you're a comic fan. I'm a fan. Remember how fun comic books can be? And then he goes into that. While Jeff Johns is more like, hey. I'm going to pay homage to everything that came before, but update it and move it yeah. forwards. I think it just was a rough, that issue probably was, I would have really liked it. That was a rough start to try to read to my son. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's a little bit dense. Let's uh, get this book I'm reaching over to the stack. Uh, identity crisis. <laughs> uh, son, do you know who watches the Watchmen? Uh, <laughs> he actually wrote that actually on the playground equipment too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. It's got the draw. He draws a smiley face with the drip on it. I, I wasn't there, but I thought it was weird. He was talking to all the other kids like, "You journal. <laughs> you think I'm playing in here with you? You're playing in here with me." And then just started <laughs> to like kick them all in the face. He threw fryer oil in that other kid's face. What, there was no fryer within 10 miles. I don't know where it came from. Uh, I, I like that one, Hunter's Element, to get us back into the story. Um, whenever I think about, like, Reverse Flash, I think Professor Zoom, and I think that Jeff Johns run. Like, you got to make him a better hero. And it, this worked for me just in, like, the... I didn't expect to get the story in a Flash 800, like anniversary like yeah holy cow this character has been around for 80 years book yeah yeah um no i was surprised to see it i did enjoy it i i love that character in the sense that he's so evil and such a bad guy but all he wants to do is make the flash a better hero because they were friends before he had his accident, loses the use of his legs, and then becomes Zoom. But the, the but it ends with the Ashley Zolomon 
Detective Ash. Is that a character that I should recognize? No, because I think it's him changing mm, time. I, yeah, I didn't, and I feel like you're not supposed to. I feel like this is kind of that, like, oh, it's a bigger universe, which might be part of the future of the yeah. DC universe, because that's where we go with the next one. Yeah. Paul, you want to take this one? Yeah, this one I actually thought was cute. It was fun. Um, it's Wally and Iris out for a nice date, and you can tell it's a really classy restaurant because it's called Molto, Molto Benny's. Yeah, so you know, say because they're drinking wine and he's got like a T-shirt with like a sport coat over it. But also, I feel like that is how Wally would dress up. And it's like Wally taking the time to like stop crime and uh, save the day in between the mere seconds that Linda looks away. He's like, oh, she's going to wipe a tear away from her face. I got like 4.3 seconds. I can go do this real quick. But he runs into this person that can, like, manipulates, like, mirror, it's like a mirror. He's like mirror master, but not mirror master. I didn't really get it. Didn't really care. Uh, because all it really matters is that he gets back <laughs> in time uh, before Linda notices he's gone. And unfortunately, he decelerates a little, not so smoothly, and basically knocks over everything, and the gig is up. But... Honestly, Linda knew what he was doing the whole time. So, and that's what I love. Be- a better date night story than the Barry Iris one. Exactly, and it leads in, I guess, to uh, what's going to be happening in the Flash. Yeah, Flash number one. Yeah. Join and that Wally was... and the Flash family in new number one this September. And that was by uh, that's between Love and You um, by uh, Cy Spearer and. Uh, uh, Mike Didato Jr. on art. Yep. Um, Mike Didato. I, I usually don't like his artwork, but I feel like this one is better because, he, personal preference, he does a lot of like stark blacks, and I feel like you see a lot of that when they're like at the the dinner table. But when he's like flashing it up, like I think everything's a lot more vibrant and action packed, um, and then might have been a choice that he made and I applaud him for it because there's been times before I've wanted to check out books and I've seen Mike Diodato's on art and I'm like, mm, I'm not a fan, but actually I did enjoy the story. I think it's probably like my third. Yeah. I think third favorite of the book. Yeah. yeah. I, can see, I do uh, have to say like page 35 on this, Chris. Oh gosh. Um, I got Wally's arms, like it's one of those things that I know would oh, drive me yeah, crazy. Weird. Um. Okay, yes, that's a little bit wonky, but there's also other like shadow artwork, and it, I don't know if I'm describing that right, but like you can tell flashes in motion. So like his arm might have gone from like oh it's bent over, but then it's yeah, like moving it's forward a, in the next panel. It's an I, odd thing. I would allow but that. Like, if you're just looking at that panel or those panels in a in a vacuum, I guess uh, it seems weird. But if you're thinking like, okay, he's running in this panel, next panel, like he's like pumping his arms, like it it fits. Yeah, but if you went to page 34, stop like telling that, me to go to page. Just like, page right I'm before the one, it's right before the oh, one okay. you were looking at. Right. Uh, but that's a page like 
I would love to have hanging on my wall. Really? Just like with him like running around in the middle there? You got him running. It's he's sipping the wine and then you got the side profile. Like it's just a really cool, all the lightning coming off of it. It's a cool page. It, It is a cool flash page. Yeah. I don't have a flash page. I don't either. I would not be mad if I did. Like I, I would probably buy a flash page. Can you buy pages not, anymore? They're all digitally, right? They're a all... lot of stuff's digital, but you can. There's still artists that do things like physically. Like you just need to follow like their uh, their their reps online because they usually sell everything. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking another beer. Paul, I'm sorry, Paul. Did you have? Oh, I was just wrapping up this book. I thought it was great. I am looking forward to the new number one because it's going to be following Wally West in September. I, I uh, This book did make me be like, yeah, I am a Flash fan because there's stories in this book. And I might not have liked all of them equally, but they definitely all resonated with me as a fan of this character, air quotes, because we have multiple versions of him. Um, I I really dug this book, so thanks, Paul. Uh, yeah, thank you, Paul. I also enjoyed like you were like, guys, it's an anthology book, but it's a normal pages. It's like it's not <laughs> over, it's not oversized. It's um, it was a little longer, but not like terribly. I'm like, hey, like dense though. Yeah. This book with the the style of Flash fan that I am, and how mm-hmm. like to me like Wally's. Wally's my flash. My one friend Max, like I met him at work. He was walking he was walking out of the double doors to leave and he had a Star Lab shirt on. And I was like, Oh, hey, cool, cool sweatshirt. And he's like, Oh, are you a Flash fan? And I was like, Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, like, Who's your favorite Flash? I was like, Wally. And we were best friends from that moment on. <laughs> like, that's how we became friends. Uh and then he was like, oh, OK, you're cool. You're not just like I watch the TV show. You read comic books, <laughs> you read comic books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like everything in this comes like. That first issue with the criminals sitting around like it's not it's not the Flash's rogues. It's not Wally's rogues. But it's a bunch of rogues sitting around talking about the Flash. You got the Bart one, you got the Zolomon one, you got this one, that one. And it's like, yeah, these hit all the notes of of the time I've spent with Flash. It hits all of my my the notes. And then to, to know that there's a Wally West book coming out, I'm, I'm happy. It's been way too long that Wally, even though they've been sprinkling him in, it hasn't yeah. been good enough. They've so tried we, to make him the Flash of the multiverse. They tried... He needs to be. He needs to be having that date night. It seems like he's the every single day. Now. Yeah. yeah. Like it, his book's gonna be like him, his kids. Um. So we had the Zolomon story. We had one with different villains. Are you mad we didn't get a Rogue story though? Like Captain Cold, Boomerang. No, hold that no. off for Weather Wizard. No, because this is. Those are fun characters that really like. Jeff Johns made shine out of those books, but I don't need those for a good flash story. Mm-hmm. Like you t- give me a good flash story. I'm happy. And I feel like we got some really good flash stories. I was not unhappy with any of the stories in this book at all. And like, I was the Zolomon one. I was like, I was surprised that that one was yeah. there. 
I dug and it. I, I really did dig it. And like that first page, it's a little kid getting yelled at by a mean dad, and it's in yellow. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. It must be a flashback because it's in yellow. And then I turned the page, and I'm like, oh, it's a Zolomon. No wonder it's in yellow. It's reverse yeah. flash. Like, oh, okay, duh. That end with uh, no, okay. I'm like, that didn't end with a to be continued. No, like it, it follow or more of this. The the last issue is the only one that it ended with. Like, yeah, the last story. But even then, like when I saw it was Zolomon and then I saw the writers and the artist on it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. It fits into this perfectly. So, no, I I was very, very happy that this wasn't like some of the other anthology books that we've read that were yeah. kind of thuds of these uh, issues. Yeah. I enjoyed I, all I of the stories. There's a reason I didn't pick uh, Wonder Woman number 800. Because I was reading that and I'm like, mm, no, because it was so tied does into it, what was going on. Does it do the same kind of thing or is it just? No, it's okay. it's more just, you know, it, it follows uh, the characters and gives you like their like Nubia and all that stuff. But um, yeah, the Flash, well, as soon as I saw the, them sitting around the table, I'm like, OK, I'm adding it to the list, guys. It's it's this <laughs> that first story alone. I liked it so Paul, much. Uh, let me let me pull up my phone here and just look at. Oh, you said Flash is back, baby. That's actually, <laughs> yeah, what you said to us. Um, no, no, I won't say that until September. <laughs> when, the, when actually. So number back. one. Um, I know. I, you know what's before. back? Do you guys have another beer? Drinking? Beer. Drinking back? Okay. Here's back, guys. Uh, Chris, Paul, go, Paul, go ahead. No, Paul, go ahead. No, yeah. I want to hear about Chris's beer last. He's okay. got a fancy. He's got a fancy oh, beer, and you and I are drinking shit. I'm not drinking. This is drink, uh, It could be a good beer. One of my favorite beers from the uh, spring time and also fall has been uh, Allagash White. Uh, I just saw this on the uh, on the shelves though. This is their Allagash Hop Reach IPA. This is 6.8 percent, so not a session. Don't try to session this, guys. Way too high on the ABV. Calm down. Uh, this is citrusy, tropical, and refreshing. And uh, I'm not getting very tropical, but I'm getting a little bit of citrus, but a l- good piney hopness on it. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Kind of floral hop. I think it delivers a nice bit of flavor without blowing out my palate. Really good. I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by this. Happy yeah, with it. You, you shouldn't be surprised by it because I had that on here months ago and told mm. you that you would love it. Hmm. Mm. That's and what, I, I finally went to Wegmans and uh, and <laughs> so on. I, I normally to, I've been. I, I don't want to talk shit about you not listening to me, but I also had Montauk on this show a couple weeks ago too. <laughs> yeah. I know you had Montauk. Because you were like, like this oh, is this is a I've never heard before. Montauk. Sometimes I do it to dig into you. <laughs> oh, we are so we are so like <laughs> brothers, aren't we? Sometimes, John. Sometimes. Just, oh, I just love the twist that nail. So John goes storming upstairs like, this fucking Paul drives me nuts. I love the man more than anything. But goddamn. Sometimes they're going to wind you up a little bit, but. And you got to hear, you got to hear his robot <laughs> voice on the phone. Show me. It's. 
<laughs> what is it called? Night Night Force. Night Force. <laughs> show me. Show I'm me just afraid because Night Force number one, the physical copy, went missing. I don't, I don't know where it is. I could have it here somewhere, like hidden in could. like one of my trades or like a hardcover. I don't know. It could like, be in any one of our houses. And John's yeah. moved twice. I had Night a flood. Force came out while I, I was I, living here. Yeah, yeah. It, I was. So I think I haven't it got since. destroyed in the flood. Uh, because I had a moment where I looked at it and was like, this book. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, so I have it, I have it for. I'm pretty sure I lost it in the flood. But I'll search through all my books and see if I find it. You don't have to. It, it like, needs to be one of those books that just turns up. That was an empty that was an empty promise. I'm never gonna do that. Uh, so just to get back to uh winding up, John. John, you haven't had this Captain Lawrence summer anthem yet, have you? No. I'll try it. <laughs> I actually think I had it last year, but you no. Know. <laughs> I think you might. Have. I'm like, uh, there's a lot of times at the beer store, I'm like, John talked about this beer. I can't remember if he liked it or not. It was good or bad. But also, there's a lot of times I'm at the beer store and I'm like, I've had that beer before. I can't remember if I liked it. And if only there was an app you could use, Paul, to see what you scored or like i can't be trusted with a messenger app to read all the messages you think i'm gonna go through <laughs> and look at ah man i can't reviews? tell if i like this or not i gave everything four and a half to five stars yeah. uh, i abuse I... my power <laughs> you absolutely do uh i am drinking from big from big ditch brewing local brewery here in buffalo there are six million acres of West Coast style IPA, and this is made to be a hiking beer while you're hiking different areas. But the six million acres uh, is in reference to uh, the Adirondacks, which are just outside of not just outside. They're seven hours away from Buffalo, uh, but close enough to go for a big hike. The other um, side of the state, but yes. Uh, this is a pretty decent beer. It's easy drinking. It's not too bitter. I could see this being, Paul, this could be a good disc golf beer for you. It sounds like it because, you know, what is disc golf but not a hike ruined? Uh, but this is definitely nice. It's not overly bitter, but it has a little bit of that. Uh, it, I'm... A little more than halfway through this beer, but it took me a few sips to get into this after having the Jägermeister beer because that was so citrus forward, and this isn't. This isn't very piney. I'm it's not that was very like bitter. More citrus than like that spice. Yeah, it's I, when very. I think back to last time I had Jäger, like it was just like that very like herbaceous floral. Yeah, it's very citrus forward on this. Hmm. Um. But it took me a little bit to get into this beer. I kept wanting to go back to the Jägermeister, but I was like, because I have like a quarter of the can left. But I was like, no, I got to get into this beer. I got to taste it accurately. And then when I did, I was like, oh, this is pretty good and been sucking it down pretty easy. <sighs> Chris, did you know I know the Andorondic chair isn't known as the Andorondic chair in other parts of the world. It's called the chair in the Adirondacks region. I know that. 
No, uh, in the Antarctic region, some people refer to it as the Westport plank chair because that's where, after Westport in New York, where the chair got its start. Uh, but up in Canada, because they don't have the Andorondacks, they call it Muskoka chairs mm. because there's apparently a uh, like a cottage kind of country area that these things are popular. Those that design of chair is popular. I'll tell you this, my favorite outdoor chair, Adirondack chair. They're nice for reclining in. You mean... Uh, it's got, like, big arms, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hold, are nice. Hold your beer perfect. But, Chris, what beer are you drinking? I'm and holding what a kind beer. Of chair? Uh, in a desk chair. Oh, um, you don't have a big leather chair with a... No. Just like a, me? A desk chair. Um, I'm drinking my third and final beer of the night from Sideward Brewing. This is their Bring Me Bones, uh, 11.5% ABV because I looked it up. I usually get most of their references when they do like the Air of Kings. And it's like, okay, Lord of the Rings themed because it had like a sword on it. Okay, I get that. Bring Me Bones, it's just like a, I thought it was King Kong. I don't think it is, but it's just like a, a gorilla snapping a bone. Oh. Can't tell. The, the name of it doesn't hit me in any of my nostalgia bones, so I can't tell you what it is. Uh, but this is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with guava. Paul? Paul? Guava. It's in everything. Putting it in everything. Uh, cocoa nibs, serrano, and guajillo chili peppers, Madagascar vanilla, and Saigon cinnamon. Um they don't say all of that on the actual stuff. on the actual bottle. On the bottle, they say BBA Imperial Set with guava, chocolate peppers, and vanilla. Um, it's like a Trader Joe's aisle of flavors. <laughs> um, when Sideward does put one of these bottles out, like instantly, I'm I'm on board because they're always amazing, fantastic beers. And this also, yes, this does continue that trend. Everything about it, it does have that nice, it's like a quick hit of heat from the peppers and the cinnamon. Like, it doesn't burn, though. Like, it, I might feel some sort of way of, after drinking it later, but when you take a sip, it's all just that bourbon barrel aged, nice, sweet vanilla, chocolate malt, and then, like, the heat kind of, like, wells up in the back. I don't get the guava, which is the only thing I was afraid about from this beer. It does not have like a big tropical kick to it which is kind of what i was expecting and fearing in a way but it's it's fantastic um dear listener if you do come down to orlando go to sideward their sandwiches are fantastic they have wonderful beers and if they have a bottle of something grab it because it's going to be fantastic it's just a, a nice, sweet, rich heat that it it doesn't stop you from wanting to take another sip. Like I I reinvigorated my taste buds a couple seconds ago, and I'm already like, yeah, I I want more of this. It's the it's guava, amazing. isn't it? It might be the guava. I don't taste it, but that might be what's taking me back. Maybe. Paul, uh, do you remember what the really the good. bottle? was we had when you came uh, down? Dear Lord. The Dear Loud. Dear Loud. 
L-A-W-D. We both can spell. Yeah. Because that was fantastic, too. That was really good. <clears throat> but yeah, I they... think not the best to drink in the middle of the heat with the uh, near the pool, but still really good beer. <laughs> super good. You got to get used to that because Florida is known for stouts. <laughs> what, this so is what weird. it is. Um, it's not something like that we we talked about for the news, but something I shared to you is like we had the um, the the beer championships, the USA beer championships. And when I was looking through, Florida had tons and tons of them. A lot of breweries close to Chris, but some of them, those Florida breweries won like best barrel aged stout, best this, best that. And a lot of them were the darker beers. Um, When you sent me that, that was the day after we had gone to Gatlin Hall Brewing, who had won two golds. And those were two of the beers that I had had because when we went, I was like, oh, yesterday they had like this like great American like beer awards. And like we won two goals, like the medals were already hanging over the bar. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to drink those. And they were good. Like Gallon Hall. It, it's a good, good experience. I don't love it as much as I do like Sideward or uh, Rust in Peace Ellipsis, but they the their beers are good. There, the, their food's fantastic. Like the burger that I got, like it just hit right after not eating all day. And I was like, this is the best burger I've ever had. It's my uh, wife's favorite Poke Bowl she's ever had. Granted, we live in Buffalo, so there's not many good opportunities for Poke Bowls other than like Core Life. So I don't know. I, I feel and they're like, called Power Bowls, I think, at Wegmans. I feel like it's. It's like, but Buffalo does have good sushi. Like, there's not a lot differentiating yeah. like sushi from just like putting those same ingredients in a bowl. So Buffalo could. They have a couple spots. There's a couple places out here in, um, oh, like the Williamsville area that have some. But again, you're downtown, and uh, I can't remember where we get it from. It's, I think it's <clears> on Elmwood. <throat> there's a pokey company, you know pokeball place that we've gotten into a couple times it's good it's okay you know I'm, i don't I'm care for pokeballs i really like the one i had in hall that i had but it was <laughs> sort of like right off the plane like you did you know i just survived mm-hmm. lying which is a whole endeavor for me uh so eating anything at that point might have been great but yeah for whatever reason that pokeball just hit perfect uh, John, you had yeah. a, you 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 had a book. I did have a book, and this uh, was a and, surprise because this is uh this is from some indie publisher called Mar Marvel Marvel. Yeah, the Marvel. Uh, and this is Loki number one by Dan Waters and Jermaine Peralata. Uh, and this book is uh. A more mature Loki, who's now king of uh, the Ice Giants, who's one of his decrees to the Ice Giants is they need to start to read, think for themselves. But they're reading uh, tiny little, like, t- They're reading books. people books, like, yeah, because they're so- giants. Um, but because this is... Because fo- Loki's no longer the god of mischief, he's the god of storytelling? Yeah. 
Uh, Chris is nodding when, his head like he's like yes. yes. So you yeah. knew Which this I was happening. I did before, not or? know that okay. until reading this. But did yeah, any book, of us know this? No, the book told okay. us that. Yeah. Because we haven't been. We have you. Has your finger been on the pulse of Loki for a while, Paul? No, no yeah. I'm. I'm just asking where we were all. I'm just yeah. trying to set set the barometer. I mean, I know Loki's been in Florida because <laughs> that's where Thor, Thor goes to visit him. And also, I know Loki's triggered Bloody Marys. So, <laughs> hey. Bloody Marys are great. Man after my own heart. Best way to start the day. But back when Loki was an evil, bad character... Uh, he collected the fingernails of the dead and used them to create a boat that he was going to sail and destroy the gods. And he did this, and it's been locked up for who knows how long. Uh, when a couple of the ice giants that he had reading get it, take it upon themselves to go steal this boat because they're going to start taking over the gods in the world. Uh, when they have an accident, the boat breaks up And Thor is like, Loki, you got to get your shit together. Fix this. And now Loki has to go and find all of his broken boat pieces. And that's your story, folks. I did love how, like, crazy, over the top, but also very, yeah, this seems like straight out of mythology. Like the, the fingernails, and it's, like, cursed with the souls of the dead soldiers as well dead warriors that weren't taken care of off the battlefield so they're disgruntled they, they want to see <clears> the <throat> end to everything so they decide to ram the the life tree or the what is it called it's the tree you of life so. right yeah yeah um and it does no damage to the tree but it breaks off like parts and pieces of itself and scatters like the the head of the the boat like the the, the mast and the a couple mast. other, like whatever they call the figure on the front. The um, figurehead. Is that, is that literally what it's called? No. Okay. And, uh, I just love there are like really great moments like when they're collecting the boats. Loki just holds his finger up to his eye and sees the boat and then just has it in his hand and puts it in a bottle. He's crushing like, its head. He's yeah. crushing its figurehead. Yeah. <laughs> So I gotta get keep it with me. <clears throat> but this Loki book's just a lot of fun, and even how he plays the he plays the ice giants, like he's still Loki, but he's like, okay, I'm a kind of a good guy, I got a task to do, and then um, yeah, I I I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really like this book too because it. It reminded me of when you guys first started picking up the Jason Aaron and Thor stuff, where it was drawing from that mythology and it's like that. But the more updated storytelling, just leaning into that mythology, where you have a very like contemporary Loki who's, you know, sitting at like a bar in Florida drinking brunch drinks when Thor shows up and he's just like, hey. Yeah. And you know he's a god and not a goblin. Because how many drinks does he have? How just many drinks one. does he have? Just the one? Yeah. Just okay. the one. <laughs> so not... I was about to look back and I was like, he's just got the one, right? Right, um, right. He's a god, not a goblin. He doesn't need this... three drinks. So I was happy when John picked this book because I had already read it. Because, again, when we went to the comic book store, like, 
when we peruse the shelves, like Yami's always able to just like be like, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this. Like it's like cool, I'll buy it because I get discounts because I go there every week. Um, and when she saw the cover, I was like, oh, that's pretty. Like I want it, and I was like, okay, cool. I have not read any Thor stuff or anything with Loki in it until the last time you guys had been like, oh, we're going to be talking about Gore the God Butcher and something. I was like, okay, like check it out. This definitely pulls on those same threads. And issue number two came out last week, so I've already read that one. It sounds dismissive, but it's more of the same. Like, it's drawing on that mythology that could be Norse, could be, like, the Marvel Norse, but it all fits and makes sense for this version of the character, and it just it just makes for a fun, fun low-key book. Like, I don't know how long I could continue to read this, but for this one and the second one, like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I really dig it. Yeah. I had fun with this book. I, I liked it a lot. <clears throat> and I definitely, I'll pick up issue two. Like, it's a book I, I'm happy to stay on. It, As long as it keeps this, like, kind of, like, flaunting or playing in that uh, Norse mythology kind of realm, if it gets too much into, like, just being like, ah, now it's just Loki on a weird adventure. Like, I need it to keep its... It's weirdness with the, like, oh, yeah, I also created this thing with the, like, I don't even know. Like, from Odin's feathers, Odin's Raven's uh, feathers in, that fell, I created this, like, weird quill that... In the second issue, a, like, a bow gets made from the crown of Loki. Hmm. All right. All That's right. Sounds fun. Uh, I had originally grabbed uh, Tenement by Jeff Lemire and uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Which is part of like some, um, not ongoing, it, but like it's a continued. part of their, like, it's a world, it's a world that they're building with different horror stories all kind of attached. And for and a first, Transformers shows up. Transformers shows up in the middle of it. It's crazy. But it was one of those things that it was reading the first issue, you're like, ugh. But if you read it as a trade, as a whole continuous story, you'd be fine with it. So I was like, I'm not going to bring that. My second pick was Loki. Let's do Loki. I want to read it anyways. It was a, it was a really good pick. Um, I, I yeah. agree, not just because I had already bought it, but it was, it was a fun book. Um just to follow in your footsteps, I originally was going to bring Battle Chasers number 10 to the table, but when I read it, I was like, oh, no, this is Battle Chasers number 10. It's not 0, 9.5, like, get you caught up on what came, like, 12 years ago when this book was coming out. I was like, no, you've probably read this book, and you've been rereading them in anticipation of 10 coming out at some point. Um, so didn't go with that. But then... I, my real pick was actually going to be The World's Finest Teen Titans uh, by Mark Wade and Emanuela Lupacino, which only came off the list when I read Void Rivals. It's like fucking Transformers out of nowhere. Um, World's Finest Teen Titans is it's what you like from World's Finest Batman Superman, but now with the Teen Titans. Like, if you guys didn't pick that book up, 
I, I recommend you do because it will now also be your new favorite comic book. I, when there are books like that, I think we need to say, let's have four books like we did the other month. Like, I mean, like last week, last month we did yeah, that. Yeah, last month we did that. But it was one of those things like it was a bunch of new number ones that are all things that we would dig and we should do that. Because a lot of this is kind of that experience of like, I wouldn't normally pick that up. But Chris said to pick this up, so I picked it up and I really liked it. And there's been so many times that we've each brought books that normally we would pass over that we'd love that. And World's Finest is one of those. Like, World's Finest was, oh, it's another Superman, Batman story. Yes, it's by a writer we all love. But when I read that, I was like, I. This book is a book that I'm going to be reading for years, like <clears throat> I love it, so. I'll have to pick up the world's finest Teen Titans, not yeah. for this show, but try to read it in my own spare time that I have. Between two kids. Uh, <laughs> but guys, as we always do, power rankings. Paul's leaning into his monitor, so I feel like he's already building his. Yep. Okay. I already know it. You guys know it as well. It's going to be the Flash 800, my top, followed by... Uh, what was the book we just read? Uh, the Loki number one, and then Void Rivals number one. So, and it's it, unlike a lot of months where the number three slot is like far and away. Okay. It's pretty okay. close. Okay, pretty, I was taking it personally, close. but now now I will it's not. Close. Uh, just because those those two books were so strong, they were just so strong. They, they are. Again, this is a good month. Like I, Chris, can you do yours? Okay. I'm, 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 I'm having trouble doing mine because I want to put them all number one. Oh, wow, that's that's such I, a John I answer. I didn't want to put them. I know, all right? My I favorite movie for the holidays, right all movies. All movies, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, well, but his favorite thing to do for the holidays, he's like, I don't like doing things for the holidays, guys. I don't. I, I can't no talk wonder. about any more Christmas stuff. I did it. I spent that's, myself last year. That's how he has so much time to watch all these movies. <laughs> I don't watch um, any movies anymore. <laughs> I know it's happened before where we had solid months where I liked everything. Was, honestly, I think it was only like a couple months ago that it happened. And I was like, no, these were all really good books. No complaints. Listener, go back. You can just look for any of our monthly book look back. You'll hear it. Um, this month, I... Not just because it was my book, but it's because it was the one that surprised me the most. And I did not see it going that way. And I was already enjoying the book. But I'm going to go with Void Rivals as my number one. Wow. Uh, and then I'm... I'm, I'm surprised. That's okay. No, I, I really enjoyed it. And it got me excited for not just issue number two, but for whatever else is coming out from the Energon universe. Uh, then I'll go with the Flash 800 and then... Uh, Loki number one after that because again there's no losers in here uh, Void Rivals I already defended my pick The Flash it's just a fun Flash comic book that just pulls on everything that I like as a Flash fan and Loki is is a solid Loki book like if you pick this book up and you have no idea about the character besides maybe watching like MCU stuff I think you could hit this 
well, hit the ground running with reading this book. You'd be like, oh, it's Loki. He's he's shitty. He's trying to be better, though. Here's what happens when he tries to be better, though. Yeah. Paul. I already no, Paul. John. John, sorry. John, you're on the No, Paul. Now. John. Oh, me. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to do Flash, my number one. Makes sense. Just because sense. it was just everything I've been missing in the Flash, and I didn't realize it till I read this book. Uh, I think Void Rivals, number two. And then Loki number three. Because as much as I did enjoy everything with Loki, it was stuff that, like, I've gotten before. The Jason Aaron stuff, it's it, it's a nice continuation of the way those books felt. But Void Rivals was, like, really unexpected. Uh, and then it did. It had that connection to, like, Enemy Mind and that kind of stuff. And then the Transformers in the, in the middle of it, like just took me through a loop um yeah i think that'll be my pick but really like we said there's no losers here like i i had a hard time figuring out how to put these books in order well guys we are a comic book podcast so always look forward to this and we have the july look back coming up quick so so pick your books now and listener maybe there's a book we slept on let us know email us over at bagnabardcast at gmail.com or on any of the social media posts for this year episode we read them all and when i say we read them all we would read them all if you commented (laughs) so so go do that it's really easy not to read anything when they don't comment (laughs) which is like i know we've said it before this is just a way for us to do something that involves all of us talking when yep. I live 20 hours away. Oh, but whoa, whoa. people are people are Chris, downloading it. This people was a listen. thing to I do know you when you live this. 10 minutes away. Like, let's not get this twisted. I know. I know. Like, like, I can see the numbers. People are listening to this. Yeah. Hey, just interact. Thank you. <laughs> the really pathetic. Thank you. From Paul right at the end. 